Hey there, boss. This is Jeff Mendelson, host of the One Big Tip podcast. And I am so excited to announce my new Agents of Pod coaching program, where I teach you how to fast track your lead gen by having more conversations with your targeted clients, even if you have no list, audience, or paid ads. Head on over to agentsofpod.com hero, and let me show you how to be the superhero in your own business. I am also actively seeking guests for this podcast. If you know someone who is currently six figures or more in their business and they have an actionable, tangible, and measurable tip to share, please let them know about it. Just go to onebigtip.com slash guest for information on how to be a guest. I can't wait to hear from you. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. My name is Jeff Mendelson, and this is the One Big Tip Podcast. My guest today is David Baxter, CEO and founder of the Big Pixel Agency, a strategic design and development firm that specializes in user experience, startups, and business software. With David's unique approach, he helps small businesses go beyond their spec sheet to determine precisely what they want, allowing them to grow and thrive using creativity and out-of-the-box thinking. David's actionable tip that he shares in this episode is to approach every situation with transparency and authenticity. It will be the defining character between you and your competition. So two agency nerds are going to talk about how to make an agency really stand out. It's going to be a great conversation today. David, thank you so much for joining me and welcome to the show. Thanks so much. It's good to be here. So David, tell me a little bit about your background. How did you get to where you are today? Tell me a little bit about Big Pixel and how did you become so amazing? Oh, well, I don't know about that, but thanks. So I've been a developer for over 20 years, which I guess makes me old, but I started this uh, with a the mixing of design and development. So I, I was one of the guys who got in trouble for choosing icons back in the early 2000s when no one cared about icons. And then slowly but surely uh, through a career path where I was a consultant for a long, long time, uh, eventually I was able to start working on my passion, which was to merge design and development. I started doing that for some clients and I got a real taste for working with startups. And then when I started my own firm in 2013, um, that really became our passion is to really invest and work with startups. And so of course we work with all sorts of businesses, but startups are, is our passion to work with them, help them. And we worked with gosh, 25 plus now um, over the last nine years. And we've been doing everything from just advising them and mentoring them all the way to building the entire thing and uh, deploying and supporting it afterwards and helping them with strategy and all of that kind of stuff. So that's really the nutshell of, of where we came from and what we do now. You know, what's really interesting is that user design, user experience, you know, UX design is actually what I think one of the unsung heroes of software development, right? Because it is so critical to making things work. And what happens is that if you go down the, if you go down the path of not thinking of how people are going to be using the tool that you are creating, you are literally shooting yourself in the foot and hampering your, uh, you know, your ability to scale up and to onboard new clients. How do you approach, uh, you know, that thought process of how to make something that, you know, just, a, you know, is a blunt tool and make it into a fine, sharp object that people can use and can scale with? 
So I think when it comes to user experience, the key part that it sounds so obvious, but it's often forgotten is just putting yourself in the user's shoes. So if developers in particular are, they want to build the tool and they want to get there to do A and B as efficiently as possible, which oftentimes isn't necessarily the easiest way for a non-technical person to use said tool. And so that's the mindset you have to put yourself in is to break the efficiency and the engineering mind of a developer and go into the average, normal, everyday mind of a user. And so that requires sometimes more help, um, more easy flow, things that aren't necessarily the most efficient, but they show the right way to do it for that specific user base. And you have to choose who you target. If you're targeting uh, women versus men, you're going to do things differently. If you're targeting uh, things, adults versus children, very clearly differently. Uh, younger versus old, all of those things matter who your audience is. And you have to speak to that audience. And that's really what I think user experience is, is finding the right language to speak to your audience. And that can go all over the map um, in terms of graphics, to the flow, to the buttons, everything, and the device they're on. I mean, there's all sorts of stuff, but that's really what you're kind of boiling down in your cauldron when you're making this magical thing called an app. You know, what's really interesting is that, uh, what is it, about a week ago, dating myself here, but uh, Instagram announced a rather large change to how their app is going to, on how their app is going to work. And mm -hmm. basically they're going to make it even more video centric as opposed to photo centric, mm -hmm. right? Long story short, it created this whole backlash that Instagram en ended up having to walk back. And it's like, well, you know something, we're not going to release everything, you know, so quickly today, right? My question for you is, how do you, you know, like if you could have been, you know, a decision maker in that room, how can you or or how can you help a startup not be so myopic with the demands or the needs of your users in order to make such a radical change without without pissing them off so easily? You know, I um I have to imagine that especially, you know, like once a user interface has taken hold it is incredibly hard to get people to, you know, to change it unless that changes radically for the better, right? Sure. You really do need to make sure that you have a great, you know, a great foundation, a great design language to work from and then build up from there. Or what would be your take, you know, if a startup decided to make a radical change to their, uh, you know, to their software and, you know, user experience wise and try to make things better for people, but it just landed wrong. Well, I think I think Adobe did a really good job with this. So Photoshop for designers has been the holy grail forever. F photographers, designers, and but its interface is horribly complex. If you're brand new to it, it's a it's a monster. And there's all these upstarts coming up and challenging them for the throne, and a lot of them are really taking serious market share because they're so much easier to use. And I think people ask why adobe why don't you get easier and they're like well we have 20 years of legacy here and people expect photoshop to work a certain way and they each person who uses it only uses 10 percent of it but they know that they have the keyboard down they all that and if i change that they would all revolt and they would have a fit and so the way that they do it is they create new apps such as xd when they came out with that like this could have been done in photoshop you could be making front ends but here is a better way and they were trying to compete on that way i think instagram is desperate i don't think that's a secret they're desperate to catch up to TikTok. the TikTok has all the eyeballs as it were and everyone wants to be TikTok and, and rake in that mountain of money and i think they're in such a, a rabid 
chase for that throne that they're leaving their users behind and they're forgetting what makes Instagram Instagram. Uh, people love what Instagram is. Now the problem is is they the numbers currently they love what TikTok does more. But, you know, the the hundreds of millions of people who use Instagram every day, they don't want it to change. They don't want TikTok. They'll open TikTok to watch videos. And that's where it's a weird mix, right? Because they Facebook or Meta wants the audience of TikTok, but they have a, a photo app, right? That's what Instagram was. It was a photo app. And so they're missing that. They're trying to, to have it both ways. It doesn't work that way. You're going to start really losing things in your search for TikTok. And you can add little things here and there. And that works. Reels has worked pretty well. And that's kind of a minimal TikTok. But they didn't shove off all of Instagram for that. And that's where I think they've done a very poor job. Clearly, uh, they had a big revolt, like you mentioned. They have to know what they're good at and focus and lean into that. What is it that can make Instagram better than TikTok, right? If that's where I think they're missing that conversation, they just, their blinders are on for video, video, video. But what could you do? My question to them would be, what could you do to make Instagram more sticky without losing the heart of Instagram, which is the photo? You know, what's interesting is that my wife originally uh, sent me over that, uh, you know, she sends me over this link you know, with the news item that, that yeah, all of these Instagram users are up in arms. Mm. And I just read the headline and, you know, the headline was like really, was really dramatic. Like there's this sure. big revolt and the and thing. And the only thing that crossed my mind was, you know, and I wrote back to her exactly like this. I'm like, let me post this on my MySpace page. Right. <laughs> right. But all BS aside, MySpace is still a thing. What does it have? Like it 30 50 million uh, active users per month. Like, Oh my God. Like that is not an insignificant number sure. of users, right? It's just a lot of us, you know, let's call us contemporary marketers here, right? We have moved on from MySpace. Like I don't even, I don't even know if I have a MySpace page anymore. Sure. Right. But you know, we joke about it. Right. But the fact of the matter is it still is around and it's still relevant. It still has it still makes a, money and it still makes money as well. So yeah, I think, when it comes to that, I think it's funny meta and every, all the headlines you're talking about being dramatic, Facebook missed their numbers for the first time, but they they lost 1%. They still are making 99% of all the billions of dollars they made before. And, and people make it sound like they're about to implode. Come on. <laughs> it's just, that's not the truth. They're not imploding anywhere. They're not going anywhere for sure. So let's talk a little bit about your one big tip then. You know, being authentic and transparent, you know, to your users, you know, to your, uh, you know, to your base, to your investors, to your, you know, the people that you have been called to serve. What does that look like in your world? How do you get people to lean in towards that authenticity and transparency that allows them to really, you know, build up that friendship and build up that partnership that people are looking for when they choose to lean into one app versus another? Well, I think when people talk about transparency or integrity, it sounds like a buzzword. It sounds like, you know, Tim Robbins is up on the stage and telling you to be live your best life or whatever. That's not what I mean. When I say transparency, it's it should bake into every piece of your business. For example, for us at Big Pixel, we when we do a design for you, we're building an app. We say, this is what your app is going to look like. We get you excited about it. Uh, Gary works very hard on it and we present it to you. And it looks a certain way and you approve it. You're like, we go a couple of iterations, we give it to you. And then we start to build and we start turning that into code. And I think 
the, the transparency part of this is turning, when we finish with it, it should look like the design. The, the integrity part of it, it should look like the design. It doesn't sound like that's an integrity issue, but this is what I promise. This is what you, uh, what you approved. And most developers get about 80% there and call it a day. And a lot of clients are just fine with that. But the integrity part of it is, is to commit that we're going to do the extra mile. And it is an extra mile. That last 20% takes 80% of the time, right? That is where we go into the integrity. It, it's everywhere in your, in your proposals. When you do an estimate and you say it's going to cost X and you say, you know, I'm not going to raise your rate. I'm not going to, there's a fixed fee project. You have to stick to that even when it hurts. And that's how you build a relationship. And, and it goes both ways, right? They're going to reward you and know that, you know, you charge your amount and you're worth that amount, that premium probably that you're charging because you do have integrity and that is all it's going to cost. And I can budget on that and I can take that to the bank. That, that it, it should bleed right in there and your whole team should feel that. And I think it's not just a buzzword. It's a way of building your company. Everything with the re, we price everything fixed fee again for transparency so that if I don't say, oh, well, it's a hundred hours to do this and oh, I'm done with a hundred hours and I didn't finish. Oh, now it's 120 hours, which is again, time and materials. That's a very common thing. You're, you're not being transparent anymore. You're not holding that line, taking the hard road as it were, because, and I'm not saying those are bad people. It's just, that's just not how their business is set up to us. Transparency is all the way through our core. And everything we do, I mean, if you talk to me for five minutes, you know I have no filter. And so it's very clear that bluntness is, is my world and it just pervades everything that we do. And I think that every company who chases that, it can't be, it can't be a veneer. Everybody says that and it's really clear, really fast apparent is the word I'm looking for, that you're not legit everyone notices that right if you're if it's just a veneer and oh yeah we're really we have integrity we're gonna you know we we're gonna do the right thing it's gonna be really clear the first time you don't and and then how do you react when you don't i mean life happens things take longer what happens when you're caught okay do you have integrity or are you going to try to go another route that's hard that's where the the proof is in the pudding and so it has to be real or it, you're going to get laughed out of the room. And I think that's really how you have to focus it. Walk me through then what that looks like when you have presented a solution to a client, mm -hmm. they accept, and then it works. Um, I don't know if you can name names, but if you can uh, just sort of walk us through, you know, like how, you know, like you, you guys encountered a sticky situation and uh, they weren't necessarily happy you know, with the user experience or, you know, there was room for improvement and that you were able to solve it. How did that look, you know, like when you approached that problem? So let's say, I mean, specific names would probably not be ideal, but say we present a solution and we say, okay, this is how it's going to work and it's going to cost this much money. Okay. We all agree to that. Then now we're, now we're going, we've done, we've done our research, but we haven't ever done this before. That's very common. What we do by definition is build things that haven't been built before, right? These are startups often, and we're, we're blazing a trail. That's why they are exist because they want to do something new. So we're, we did some research and we, okay, we understand this and we get there and the understanding that we had was wrong and it's going to take twice as long, or it's not possible at all. 
the key for us for transparency is one, if it's going to take longer, that's on us. Um, if it's really bad, we will come hat in hand, explain the situation and see if there's something we can work out. But we always leave the option for the client to say, nope, this is your problem. You have to eat it. And we will. Um, but generally we can come to some sort of agreement if it's really, really awkward, like the API doesn't work or whatever. But if we have to, if, if we, if it's not a matter of time, it's a matter of this didn't work the way we want. Then before we come back, we have a solution to present. It's not just a problem. We try very, very hard never to present a problem without the accompanying solution. Cause if we, if we don't do that right, then it just looks like we're whining and we're trying to get more money. That's not the goal. The goal is to get you to, to a successful end, right? To have a successful business. If we're building a startup, to have a successful launch, if you're an existing company with a product, that is our goal. So it, we just have to get there, right? Our goal is to get A to B. Sometimes we have to go the long way to get around, but our goal is always to get A to B. And if we have to take it on the chin, unfortunately that's the way it works. But oftentimes we can come to an agreement where we're going to do something a little differently. It won't cost you anymore, but we're going to do it a little differently. We're going to change the design and everyone's happy. Amazing. Thank you so much for, for articulating that. That really, uh, you know, that really helped illuminate, I think, how, you know, agencies should be approaching, you know, user experience and how they're developing apps in order to make it better. Right. Because at the end of the day, you know, you should be striving to make this tool insanely useful to the extent where people would be dumb not to use it. Right. That's the goal. You know, right? Yeah. You know, to just make sure that it's, uh, you know, that it does exactly what it says it's going to do and it does it really, really well. So it doesn't need to do everything. It just needs to do exactly what you've uh, what you set out to do and make sure that it really accomplishes that. So I appreciate you articulating that for the audience. David, can you please let everyone know how they can learn more about your agency and how they can reach out to you directly if they want to learn more? Sure. Uh, we are all over nowadays. Uh, we have a podcast uh, called uh, the Biz Dev Podcast, and that's we do that weekly. Me and Gary, my uh, creative director, uh, that's uh, on everything that you do podcasts. We are on YouTube. We do little shorts and stuff. We're on Instagram. Um, I, let's see. Big Pixel is our YouTube. The Big Pixel or, or at Big Pixel NC is our Instagram. Uh, you can reach me directly at David at thebigpixel.net. I am always available. If you just want to contact us in general, it's hello at thebigpixel.net. And so and our website, as you can clearly see, is thebigpixel.net. Amazing, amazing stuff. David, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a lot of fun. I love talking about this stuff and it's been really informative. Great. So thank you for joining me today. Absolutely. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for listening to the One Big Tip podcast. If you're a six to eight figure entrepreneur, business coach, or speaker who would like to be on this show, we need to talk. The audience for this podcast is hungry for experts and professionals who want to share their knowledge with this world. So if you're ready to share your actionable and measurable One Big Tip, please go to onebigtip.com guest and let's get your story out there. I am also crazy excited to announce my new Agents of Pod coaching program. With this program, I show busy entrepreneurs the strategies that I use to have warm conversations with my dream clients, keep my calendar book solid, and consistently have potential clients at the ready, all anxiously waiting to speak with me every single week. Head on over to agentsofpod.com slash hero and let me show you how to be the superhero in your business today. Lastly, I have a huge ask for you. Could you please share this with your audience on social media? 
The stories and connections that I make on this podcast have helped thousands of people, sometimes in the most profound ways. And you never know if your small action today will be the one that kickstarts your friend, a family member, or even yourself into taking massive action and starting the next multi-million dollar business. It'll be your way of just paying it forward. My name is Jeff Mendelson. You can find me on all the major social channels like LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. Thank you so much for listening.